I would say from a location perspective, not to go back to that, but with a shower house, amazing cabins, and a primary lodge, I can honestly say I've never been in an antelope camp that had better, more Western um, accommodations than this location that we were at. I was really impressed with it. When we go through this vetting process, just so everybody knows, um, game density, trophy quality, and access to the trophy quality and game density are three that are very high on what we're looking for when it comes to a trophy area. But then does it couple with the price? Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Get ready to hunt the world and let's get started. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. We are getting quite an assembly of bones in the cave, this new one. This wall, um, I'm going to, just so you know, I'm going to put another animal there. We're actually going to put the TV there. Now, people can't see this. What I'm referencing is because we have two doll sheep coming there. So ultimately, we're going to have two doll sheep, two giant mule deer, two giant Canada moose, one giant Montana antelope, and a partridge and a pear tree. Um, and then I think what we're going to do is um, I'm actually going to build a board for Dave Cooley's thing. It's going to go right there in the middle. And we're gonna call this. Um, we're gonna call this the Bone Cave of Dave Cooley, and uh, we're gonna dedicate it. I'm gonna put a thing right there to him. The Dave Cooley Memorial Bone Cave. The Dave Coo Cooley Memorial Bone Cave. I was telling Brad that story. It's a pretty uh, crazy story. Yeah. But anyway, um, welcome to the Bone Cave. Today we have, as always, Brad Dana. Hello, me, the great Brad Dana. We have the great Brandon Neal on here. Brandon Neal, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys? Uh, uh, really good today. And then, good. of course, Bleep, Brian, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Leslie. So You say that with such hesitation. Uh, well, no, not really. But um, I do know you bleep us out, which you should um, most <laughs> days. So it's good. But anyway, and I'm Brian Maiman, and we are happy to have you listening in today. Uh, it's interesting. The podcast um, continues to take legs and grow, and I hear more and more stuff about it all the time. And, oh, i got to uh, tell you. I met two guys on the plane in Alabama that listened. I kid you not. <laughs> I was wearing my Rolling Bones jacket, and, and they said, "That's is that the podcast?" And, and I you're said, like, it is. "That's it." And I'm bleep. I'm bleep, mother truckers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't have to bleep that out. They told the stewardess who I was. Oh, that's cool. I like it. Did you get a free drink out of the deal, bleep? I wasn't in first class like you. Um, well, no. If no, I just figured I figured you had some influence then. Here, next time. Other than that, the drinks were free, so I didn't worry about it. I don't know. Um, I don't know if. Uh, um, I don't know if you can transfer them, but I have like a hundred free drink tickets on Delta. I think they make you feel good about having them, but you never use them anyway. So yeah, if not, I can not transfer so much. them, if I can transfer them, I'll send them to you. Usually, so, uh, well, anyway. no, that wasn't usually. But last last year we were flying on my birthday. I got one. 
a free drink that's because yeah, i sent you. it back yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was i still remember what it was too it was you probably uh, have free drink tickets anyway but i did send it back i sent a bailey's to you bailey's yeah, yeah it was the last it. it was the last damn bailey's on the plane because <laughs> you were gonna that's have how one selfless i was i said i'll have a bailey's on the rocks actually make it a double and she goes i only have one left and i went what and I'm like, well, the birthday boy, I said, the fat round guy back here that's <laughs> ugly and balding. Yuck. I said, he's, uh, um, it's nice. his birthday. So, anyway. And I, I wasn't how, talking, how about, I wasn't talking about Brandon Neal. <laughs> Yo, jeez. It gets worse. Uh, all right. So, so, anyway, we should probably get going. So, let's, yeah, let's get done. Because I need to go to a self-help seminar after <laughs> After this is over, no, you don't. Sudden. You seriously don't need it. You need a self-esteem seminar. <laughs> Actually, you don't need one of those either. No, he's got to uh, go vote. That's uh, it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go Joe it's, Biden. If you, yeah, right. Uh, if, okay. If, we we are digressing so bad it's ridiculous. So today we are going to talk about our antelope. We just we just came back from two weeks ago. What was it? Three weeks ago, guys. Two weeks ago, wasn't yeah, it? Three, three. Three weeks ago, we came back. Um, uh, all of us had been saving for the red desert. I would. I, I want to go out on a. Um, want to go out on a limb and say I think that's what all of us were saving for in our Wyoming points was to try to get to the red desert one day and hunt. And uh, um, our adventure uh, manager of all things adventures here in the Bone Cave came and said, "Hey." Um, you, we have an outfitter that would like to be vetted and he has a trophy unit that's, he believes is better than the red desert. So I forget where we were, but the three of us were together somewhere. And, uh, I think it was a shooting school. It was, it was a shooting school here in, in Spearfish. And Brandon yep. goes, Brandon goes, well, I have seven points. And I'm like, well, I have seven points. And Brad's like, well, I have seven points or eight points. And we all had like seven, eight points and we put in together and we drew Truth be told, I didn't say that. As I recall, I walked into the room and somebody said, Brad, we just spent your points. <laughs> and I said, awesome. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I tried to I tried to get him to leave Brad off because I didn't really want him coming. But I, I remember that. See, there was, again. It's a good so, move, Brandon. So we tried to have Brandon, uh, Brad not go. Um, you're right, Brandon, you did. And uh um, so hey, well, we're going to have to extend that self-help session <laughs> for me later. <laughs> so anyway, we did, you're right. We did. We said, okay, we spent your points. You're going, and here's where we're going. Now I have to tell you, I was a little skeptical doing it because I was like, okay, this guy says he has all these because one of the things we deal with so much here is outfitter talk. And, um, people and don't know what that means. Tell us what outfitter talk, outfitter is, talk would be in, in, we're gonna do we're gonna do a series of these on uh, um, we're gonna do a series of uh, podcasts actually on outfitters and why you would want to use an advisor and why you would um, what you should look for an advisor what you should what why outfitters use advisors and we're gonna do a whole series on this but the reality is is outfitter talk is that an outfitter has X amount of said hunts to sell, right? And they need to sell them. And the faster they can get them sold, the better their year is going to be and the more stable their fiscal ship is, okay? So they will tell you what you want to hear and not necessarily what you need to hear to sell that hunt to you. And then that's why there's sometimes there's a stigma in the industry that 
outfitters are a little bit of corrupt because they ha- they um, it's a little bit of uh, what did you call it this weekend? Um, false advertisement. <laughs> false advertisement. Does that make sense? And so yeah. that's where our software shines and our membership shines. A hundred percent. Because we match the hunter to the hunt through a system that actually asks you what you want and it goes in and it pulls up your five to seven top best matches based on your preference and not the outfitter telling you why it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's unbiased. Like unbiased. Google would be biased. This would be unbiased. Yes, where the top ones on Google are the ones that you know they paid. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, so anyway, we, we went on a trip. So uh, we headed out to a new trophy area. And, uh, Brandon, what did you think? What was your first thoughts rolling into camp? Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, I just think it's, you know, we're talking about this now, just just how valuable our application service is, you know, for $150 a year, not to be a commercial here or anything. But, um, I mean, you know, to, to end up on this hunt was really pretty dang cool. Um, we, you know, we wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for our services. And so uh, that was number one. I was, I was very impressed when we, um, you know, got into the camp, got into the area we were going to be hunting. Um, I actually hunted a similar, well, the area I hunted mule deer in a few years ago was, was pretty close to this place. And uh, we rolled into camp. There's a bunch of elk in the area, a bunch of mule deer in the area. And uh, this particular camp had little cabins, individual cabins we were able to stay in. Very good accommodations. So you're, you're in the, you're in the mountains of Wyoming, in the, in the wilderness of Wyoming, wilderness area. And you've got a, one of the cabins had two showers, two toilets, two sinks, uh, heated, you know, which was nice because it was getting pretty cold. Then we had our cabin, we had our own little stove and uh, four, there's four people per cabin. I think there's like three or four of them there on the property. And we might, and we might say we, Brian's an expert fire builder. We found that out. Holy shit. Oh I roast you guys out. <laughs> Oh, dude, I, I yeah, just want to let you know I've been having some Joe Biden moments. So when when I couldn't figure that thing out, <laughs> I, I I was like trying to figure out how to do that. I do want you to know when I got home, mine on my stove is exactly the opposite, Brandon, and it does it's exactly the opposite. I just want you to know you push everything in, shuts it off. So it's that stove. I was having a Joe Biden moment, but it's a Joe Biden stove, too, because it's an absolute freaking wreck. We definitely sent Brad to the rescue for night two. It was rough. I brought my boy, my nine-year-old boy, Bridger, and he was on the top bunk. Oh, and, and you know what? I just want you to know your nine-year-old boy was tougher than you and Brad because I didn't hear him whining about it. He didn't give me no shit at all. Now I need oh, to yeah. yeah, because look at you. You're like five people to him. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> It's like he, looking up he at had the to come, He had to come join me on the bottom bunk because he was uh, he, he was uh, fried out of there. We had to open up all the doors and windows. Anyway, um, so you are a good fire builder, Brian. Uh, but uh, that was that was way too hot. But yeah, great place. They, they, then they have the main cabin and uh, great meals that we had there. So anyway, we, we really this is a uh, one of our newer camps, brand new camp, and I'm very excited about this one because I think there's probably several people out there that have four, five, six. Um, antelope points and for the price point of this one and, and what it is it's it's a really really cool hunt um, you know we, we got out very first day very first morning we got out and we were seeing 70 plus inch goats uh, all over the place I mean we, we were hunting 
you know, 70 to 75 inchers all day. We were all looking for book goats. And there were, you know, that very first day, we we're kind of shopping and looking for which ones we were going to pursue the next day. And I'd way course, rather go Brian, shopping here than Walmart. I'm going to just say, wow. <laughs> I, I broke I broke the first day. Uh, yes, um, you did. The, yeah. yeah, because the we barrier. said nobody shoots a goat on the first day. We're just shopping right now. <laughs> That's like what we said. Yeah. Well, when I saw that 16-plus inch goat, I was like, I got a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, go ahead, Brandon. Brip, how old's yeah. Bridger? He's nine? He's nine. Yeah, he's nine. Yeah. You had him yeah. as your color man on today. He did a good job, by the way. I was going to tell you on your video clip. Um, he's a stud. He is. You know, yeah, we hunted deer all, all week last week here in Utah in the general, and it's been a pretty tough area to hunt the last few years. It's just been really overhunted, so they finally cut the tags back, which is good. But we had a tough time finding any good deer, but that was a pretty good deer. We found him on the second to last day, and uh, I told him, I said, hey, look, buddy, we're just going to try to get away from the other hunters. We're going to go drive to the end of this road on the side-by-side, -side, get out, and we're just going to start hiking up the mountain, and we're going to just look for a place where we can see something. And uh, that's what we did. We started hiking, and we hiked about two and a half miles in, and no complaining from him. He just trudges right along, and we got up there late afternoon, and I, uh, we got to a little opening in the cedar trees and looked down about 500 yards down in a little valley below us. And I could just see two little patches of burn. Um, uh, and I looked up on one with my binos and saw five deer in it. They were all, all bucks. And we just kind of started watching them. Um, one was a decent buck, but, uh, didn't want to, didn't want to go after him. And we just kind of watched them until it got a, a little closer to dark and that bigger one came out. And uh, we got we had the spotter all set up, and he was there on the on the spotting scope. And uh, it was a really tough shot to make because I was trying to shoot over the top of trees, so I, I had a hard time getting high enough on the hill to be able to get a shot off my shooting sticks. But I, I did get a a good rest, and uh, I, I had just a little window to to take the shot before it got dark. Before he stepped off into the thick cedars, took the shot and a stinking tree was right in the, right in the way. So nailed, nailed tree straight on. It was so. a perfect shot on the tree though. I thought Brandon, good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was a kill shot on the tree. No Everybody's going to need therapy after this. Meeting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bridger, I, I loved Bridger's commentary. He did, he did a great play by play. Dad, you got him. You got him. Oh yeah. He's going, no, Dad, you didn't get him. He's going back the other way. He's, I mean, he rehashed the whole thing. I thought it was awesome. But yeah, and he did a good yeah, job at the antelope hunt too. He was a, he was a trooper. He was no, he was yeah, and uh, yeah, he was with this whole time. Brian, you killed your goat on the very first day, and it was high 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 winds. I know we we you know, made one play on him, and uh, he was in a very tough spot. I think there were some probably pretty bad heat waves, and I wasn't down with you guys. I was up on the spotter up on top of the hill. Um, you guys probably talked about that a little bit, but, uh, he, he, you made that first shot on him and probably misranged him a little bit, but, uh, you were able to regroup and get back on him and got him, got him killed uh, a couple hours later. Well, based on the next day's, uh, reenactment of that on a different, on the other goat that we passed that day on that area that I had this, actually we didn't pass. I just decided which of the two big goats I was going to shoot. Um, you had dealer's we, choice. We, we had we. I did have dealer's <laughs> choice. We had a wind. It was it was a wind issue through there. That valley. It was screaming. But the fact of the matter is is that um, goats are a 
um, wary quarry. They are very alert, and this uh, was on the edge of some public peace, and there was a lot of uh, activity in that area, and so we couldn't get real close. I would say from a location perspective, not to go back to that, but with a shower house, amazing cabins, and a primary lodge, I can honestly say I've never been in an antelope camp that had better, more Western um, accommodations than this location that we were at. I was really impressed with it. The other thing is when we go through this vetting process, just so everybody knows, um, game density, trophy quality, and access to the trophy quality and game density are three that are very high on um, what we're looking for when it comes to a trophy area, then does it couple with the price? Then, you know, does it make sense price-wise? Does it fit in the right band for what you're getting? And I would say, and maybe you guys could, you know, say, yeah, I agree with that. No, I don't. Or you have some thoughts on this. But when you hunt like Sheridan, let's just, because we're just going to talk about Wyoming. You hunt the Sheridan area, and you're, in my opinion, great, unbelievable uh, place to hunt. Lots yep. of private land, Sharon Buffalo. You got the you got the bighorns in the background. You can't find a more picturesque place to go kill a goat. Tons of goats there, and we've all killed goats there. Actually, the three of us were on a goat hunt there four or five years ago, uh, three years ago, I think it was. But anyway, you're hunting sixty-five to seventy-inch goat, hoping to find some high seventies. And you're picking through tons of goats to yep. find that seventy-five inch goat. Yep. Most of the time, it's sixty-eight to seventy-three inches. Here, we were picking through 70 to 75-inch goats looking for an 80-inch goat plus. Yep. And we had and one of our clients the night before we – or the night we rolled in that day had killed an 85-inch goat. Yeah, that one was a – that one was a tank. Tank. Totally. Yeah. And you know, what was cool, you know what was cool about that is if somebody did want to do DIY on this, um, there's hotels fairly close by, and we can show you how to, how to do all this. Um, and his goat was actually killed on BLM, I believe. I think 100%, uh, 100% it was. It was right next yeah. to the. It was right next to his private property on BLM. The funny thing is, you say that because that was one of the things I was going to say. People always say, "Oh, you guys just do applications for your outfitters," and you are right. We do applications just for our outfitters because we're business partners with them. But we will do applications for you. And Wherever tell you, tell you us to where do. you yeah. want to go or ask us. And if we know a place, because you're a DIY guy. So I was telling Brad Stocky is in um, this week. I was telling him today, dude, start getting points for your kids because you can have a weekend trip out here and come kill an antelope uh, on public land and you can go total economic. Now, Brad Stocky isn't probably going to be big on total economics um, with his situation. But, um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe one day he, he cheapens up a little bit. So, getting back to what you were saying. <laughs> no. You're still muted. Don't Brad. unmute him. Until the next podcast, he just has to listen <laughs> to this rhetoric. <laughs> rhetoric, that's right. So, but the, the only difference on those two areas is this has, this, they're exactly, you're hunting tons of goats, great numbers, great quality, bigger goats on this trophy unit, and it takes points. And I would say it's and, and yeah, in the yeah. biggest it's genetics because Gen the yeah. number oh, of yeah. goats are the same. Would yeah. you not say the number of goats we were seeing is approximately the same? Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. The buck the buck to doe ratio was crazy. I mean, there, I would say forty percent, you know, buck to doe ratio 
you know, yeah, at least it seemed like to me. Well, really good. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, not the funny thing, but the cool thing, the fun part of what gets me excited about a lot of this is the fact that we're out there putting eyes on this. We're seeing this for our clients and it was a sleeper unit. And uh, so if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like more information on this, go ahead and head on over to rollingbones.com and check out our membership. You can get started on your next hunting adventure of a lifetime with us. We will help you apply for your tags in all 50 states. I just saw one of our competitors send a thing out. They have the cheapest, because I'm a member of them too, they have, the ch- they have the less expensive, biggest value in the industry, and they do the 15 western states for they max you out at 750 bucks and i was like wow that's not right that's like whole life insurance um that's super expensive and crappy um we are the term policy um because we do all 50 states for 150 dollars now for those of you that don't know what i'm referencing it doesn't matter um what matters is that we do all 50 states for 150 bucks and uh um you just go to rollingbones.com and um, check on membership, and it will walk you through getting it for $150. And if you say, listen, I want to try it, $150 gets you uh, one state unlimited species. So um, anyway, we are out there every day trying to find these units and uh, provide great value for our members. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, we were in it. (laughs) Well, sorry, went through a tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) So Brad, uh, tell us a story on your, on your, uh, uh, goat. What, I think, uh, how, I think you they, shot your goat two hours before I shot mine. Didn't you? I think I did. Do you want me to tell mine first? Or you? Well, it doesn't matter. Um, you, but what we shot twin goats, I mean, they literally could be brothers. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, super heavy goat. Um, well the goat that I shot, I shot in the exact same Valley as Brian, we found Brian's goat in the day before because we actually looked at this goat first and uh, there was two good goats I would say two good bucks in this herd and well there was you know 40 40 goats 50 goats in that in that group and Brian had dealer's choice so he picked the tall heavy one so before you go further how many so we hunted basically that whole block yep okay because we were way back there Oh yeah, six miles. I'm just talking about in that no, little. No, I understand. Yeah, but how many in that whole chunk? How many do you think we saw in oh, that whole block? Gosh, four hundred goats. Four hundred goats wow. with probably with probably no exaggeration. Brandon's right. It's probably forty percent buck to doe ratio. Yeah, it was a ton bucks everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it was how almost. You, how did you pick through all? Well, those? It was almost too many. That's it was all. Was, you're yeah. exact. Yeah, that's right. Almost good question. Many. It was almost too many. So when I shot, because your brain goat, starts spinning, yeah. you start losing really connection with reality. So I I went up and filmed my buddy Brian. I filmed his goat and the whole thing, and he didn't he didn't do the same for me. So I, he kind of left me hanging. But yeah, I know, right? That's that's normal. Never that's happened. Always, always. So first of all, that's that's so bullshit. My phone died, and I had the thing on. He, I have uh, the, his. I filmed my buddy Brian's alleged because I haven't seen one piece of it. So until I see the film, this is all just erroneous bullshit. Okay. So, so, but getting back to the quantities, there were so many goats that when because I laid down. We got into position, and Brian called out the range and called, gave me my wind call. 
it took quite a while for my shot to present itself because there was just goats running around everywhere and it it was it was hard to keep on the same the same buck and uh find yourself but my buck was it was a shorter buck than Brian's but it was just fat fat mass and uh of course Brandon just shoots one and he sends us some little cheesy picture so I didn't I didn't have a measuring stick <laughs> to uh no that's not true that's not true because we did have a measuring stick because what happened was brandon they called and said hey um we got a good buck over here and john was a great guide but he still wanted the approval of the main guide which we were hunting with and um brandon and bridger were with john and so we drove over there and i got out of the truck and i looked at the uh Brandon goes here, look right here, and I looked at. He had him up on film, and I looked at the film without my glasses, and I'm like, I need to see that buck through the spy scope. I saw it. I looked at Brandon's buck that he killed, and I'm like, dude, I'll kill that thing right now. Give me your tag. I'm going. And because it had, I mean, it had mass. It, it, I mean, literally giant. Well, we shot four goats that weekend in two and a half days, and they averaged eighty plus inches. Eighty then. inches. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. That's that, <laughs> pretty crazy. I, huh? When you said that, I'm thinking, oh, Brad, that might be an embellishment. That no, you were doing the math in your head, and weren't I did you? The math in that, and I'm like, dude, you're right. Eighty plus, quite frankly, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and there were there were a few in there that were. I mean, they're all right there. I mean, the very first morning we saw one that uh, we thought was the one I ended up killing, but actually, I think it was a different one. It was a it different was still, one. Yeah, that was still a really nice one. That's actually the one we were kind of after that second day. That's the one I wanted to to go after. And so we made it we made a play on them that afternoon and I had the same same issue. There were so many, so many antelope up on the uh on, on the hillside and they were five hundred yards, six hundred yards, and then just a whole herd of them, and I just couldn't get a clear shot at them. So uh, you know, the, they have strength and numbers out there. You know, I, I, Dude, I you know did, what? You sit there and say that. I just thought we didn't, we give up on the one that we could have probably found with it. The was the, it was the best, it was probably goat. the best goat. Mm, I don't know. Super close. Yeah, it was super close. The mass on your guys' goat scores super well. Yeah. The length and the mass, because I taped mine, I taped mine two days later. I, uh, we took them down to the butcher shop and I taped mine two days later. And that's when I did the math because I'm super happy with mine. I'm super happy with mine. Yeah, it was a great go. Yeah. yeah, 16 and a quarter and 16 and a half. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, 16-inch goats aren't easy to find. No, but this is this is a super high-quality place. Great guides, great facility. Um, uh, you know, the only hiccup is you need some points in Wyoming. Um, Cost-wise, it's, it's, it's almost the same as most of our other areas. I mean, it's... It it doesn't you you're not paying a, a premium for the quality that you're after, and it's funny because our guide actually had the red desert tag, and he goes, I haven't seen a good buck down there this year. Yeah, and he'd been hunting every chance yeah. he could. He'd been running down there to see if he could get it. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, know. I ran into him in, in, at the show last last year, and he goes, Hey, do you have a hunt I could do for? You know, I think he had two points, right? He had to he had to use our points to bring him up, and uh, I don't think he had any idea how good that hunt was going to be. Because he did, he he stayed he he stayed an extra day or beyond what he was going to stay after he saw how good it was, and uh, so it is it is a sleeper unit. It was it was pretty cool. I I, I got there that night and he goes, man, you're going to see 
so many antelope here. It's crazy. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was uh, really, really good. I, I think something else that was kind of cool to see is we always talk about the different cartridges that we use. And, <laughs> I was going to just go to that, but yeah, yeah, yeah go, go Brandon. Yeah. yeah Let's yeah. go Brandon. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, the, our, our, uh, our member that the first day that was there, he was shooting a pretty big one. I think he was shooting like a, a Oh, he was shooting a seven, 300 wind mag. Okay. So he's shooting a big one, right? And no. I know, you know, he shot his and, and uh, had to, had to shoot it a couple of times. Maybe, maybe didn't uh, hit it real good the first shot. I don't know. But, uh, and then uh, Brad and Brian were using a, a six Creedmoor and then I was using a 22 Creedmoor and it was, it was pretty windy, but um, on, on mine, I, I was, uh, had a 480 yard shot on mine. I, it was pretty cool because we had to make a couple plays on them. They were kind of getting spooky where we were at and, so Bridger and I and and uh, John, who we were with, we made a stock on him and, and got within range and uh, got down on my belly and uh, let one rip. And that thing did not go an inch. He just dropped uh, 22 Creedmoor right through the right through the boiler room. And uh, shooting, I was shooting those ELDM bullets. And man, uh, just it surprised the heck out of me how awesome that was. I know you know you guys have used it on deer and everything else, but is that uh, your that first was- animal you've shot with one? Other than coyotes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I killed another, we killed another doe antelope with it earlier in the summer in, in uh, August. But well, uh, our, our guides and outfitters were a little concerned about that. I could tell. Uh, and uh, we've shot 300 pound mule deer. I, I would say we've gotten some, have we gotten 300 pound mule deer with that, Brian? I think we have, haven't we? That one you shot last year wasn't a huge bodied buck, but Mason's was a big buck and he shot it. Yeah. We've shot some big bodied animal and it just rips them no problem yeah, that's pretty cool but yeah. between that and the six creed more i mean i've got a deer hunt up on uh west river here this next week i know you do too brian and uh oh yeah are uh, you um what days are you up by the way i'm probably going to come up on tuesday wednesday uh depending on what gets in there so okay then just come through here and we'll do dinner or i might be out there you gotta let me know um, Philip has a great steak. I just don't know how far north and west he, or east he's going to have you. Um, but if you're on the lease that uh, um, we facilitated for him, then you're not far from Philip, um, and we'll have dinner there. Okay, we'll figure it out. Okay, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think I think I'm going to take my six up there. I was going to do my six five PRC, but I think I'm going to do my six. I just I'm so impressed with you know you can shoot them so well. And uh, well, I can tell you, Brian and I will have our sixes out this weekend yeah, and I, next I, weekend I, and the following I, listen, weekend. I, I don't know if there's another caliber for the prairie than a six Creedmoor. I really don't. You can follow your shot. You can do everything you need. That 108 just ops. We've killed deer at 550. Now I will tell you this, and, and I, we'll probably get some hate mail on this. But last year that 22 Creedmoor, we killed a giant mature. Uh, uh, it didn't score super good, but it was a giant, mature, big-framed Montana mule deer at 575 with that 22 Creedmoor. Well, you shot your and, you shot your antelope at 1004 with the six Creedmoor last year. And I year. shot an antelope at 1004 with the six Creedmoor. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. it had two bullets right through it, completely yeah. right through it. Yeah, they're just so nice, so nice to shoot. I mean, I used to think that you had to have a seven mag for all these big game animals, and yeah. I love a seven, I love a seven mag. But well, I'll tell you, it's just, you just don't need it. It's funny because I've been going through some mental gymnastics for our uh, elk hunt in December. Am I going to bring my six five or my six? Yeah. <laughs> wow, you six. might do your six. I might. I love my six. I'm, I love I'm my not, six. I don't think I'm doing mental gymnastics because I I just. 
it's what you're most confident with. So anyway, what are you going to bring then? I'm going to bring my six because you're you I'm love the, that's six. your favorite I'm not gun. Playing I do know that. I'm playing. I'm bringing my your six. gun has sh- killed epic tons of stuff. so much because my my my, uh, my six is almost worn out. Mine's We're not gonna go shooting kill some as more well. stuff with it tomorrow. I just got a text from the landowner on our lease, and uh, good days are coming on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. Woo-hoo. So anyway, he's got a trophy spike for Brad. <laughs> No, buttons. <laughs> it's a trophy button buck. When they still have fur, when they still have fur on their buttons, they're trophies. Oh yeah. <laughs> this isn't any sex take, Brad. Yeah. You can shoot a trophy doe he too. He can become a different sex, <laughs> Joe Biden. Um, it'll be all okay. Go Joe. Hey, so here's the thing: making a careful and critical examination of something, proposing for a large t- uh, uh, takeover bids, investig- investigating some woman or something thoroughly, especially in order to ensure that they are suitable for a job required um, loyalty and trustworthiness. So I don't know um, exactly uh, what people are looking for, but that's our vetting process, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's what we did. By definition, is that not what we did at that place? Yep. That's yep. what we, that's what we do. And and it, it's crazy, but we should do another one on the calibers. We should do a podcast on caliber, what we've killed with these calibers. Because between Brandon, you and I, I mean, we are now went the other way. We're, like you said, everything was the seven before. If I didn't kill a coyote, I was going to my seven. Now I'm like, whoa, what do I want to do that for? Yeah, and I, I think I think too. I mean, we're killing ethic. We're killing them ethically. I mean, they're dying. I mean, it's not it's not like we're saying, hey, let's see how small we can go to see if this works. I mean, this is this is. Uh, in fact, I I might even argue it might even be more effective for most people because you can shoot a low, less recoiling rifle better. Hundred percent. I I think that's a good point, Brendan. Actually, yeah. Hundred percent. I would tell you one of the original guys of this, John Burns, would argue that this our conversation today he originated twenty years ago and started kicking out millions right. of DVDs because he shot when everybody else was shooting three hundred win mags and three hundred runs. You remember when Tracy Valdez came up to him and said, "Hey, I just bought my new three hundred three thirty eight uh, blah blah 22. blah," <laughs> and and he goes. We'll just throw it right in the garbage. And he goes, what? And he goes, it's the worst gun you could ever have for that. He goes, just throw it away. And get At that time, it gets yourself a seven. Cause he, but he's even gone. He shoots most of his stuff. with. At this point, his only bolt gun is a, is a 264, six, same thing as our 6.5s. Right. And it's now he shoots. DRC, now the biggest gun he basically shoots is a 6.5 Creedmoor or, or a 6 Creedmoor. Or a 6 Creedmoor. Yep. They kill elk with 6 Creedmoor all day. Tons of elk. Day. So, yeah. so, yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to be – I will be in New Mexico with a six, Creedmoor. I love it. So, awesome. Yep. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have, we have one of our members, Jefferson Rogers. He, he killed a giant bull, 430-inch bull with his six, Creedmoor. So, uh, wow. no, he, he shot it a couple times, but it, it, it uh, didn't go anywhere. Well, I don't – I can shoot something a couple times with a – Seven mag, no problem. That's a sign of a, a, a good staying in your gun, right? Here's a perfect yeah, example. Yeah, Brad, Brad likes to shoot stuff four, five, six times anyway, don't you, Brad? I doesn't mean, if matter. It's, if it's wiggling, it's jiggling, he's sending bullets. That's his motto. <laughs> wiggling, jiggling, send the damn bullet. That's, that's, it's tipping over, Brad. I give two shits. He, he better quit one. moving then. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot hey, hey, you know what? I'll tell you. So um, 
again, this is back in, up in Wyoming a few years ago. And, um, I killed a 190 buck up there and my uncle shot a, about a, another good buck, 175 inch buck right next to it, shot it right through the neck. And it was, it was there and it was, it was down, it was dead, but it was still moving a little bit. We walk up to these deer and his is gone. It got up. So Brad, it's not a bad philosophy. If they're wiggling, put one more in them just to be safe. I well, you know, bad you talk about the six creed more. Kelly was a good example of that this weekend. We had a gal that um, that doesn't shoot a lot and uh, um, is learning to become a rifleman and a hunter, and um, and uh, has a huge desire for it, uh, but has a hard time sometimes with target acquisition. And she's in a six, and then a three to fifteen vx5 with a windplex in it and might have the best arguably one of the best eye boxes ever um it's really got a big eye box anyway the fact of the matter is she was able to stay in the scope and follow up on a shot two in a situation that would have never ever happened with a seven or a 300 or, or a 30, or 30 six, six, six. Huh. you know it just wouldn't happen you know and so i think it makes young hunters better and it makes them fear the rifle less. Said recoil doesn't create uh, target panic. There's a lot of ancillary value to the fact of shooting a gun that you're comfortable with. It's like shooting a 95-pound bow when you can't even hardly get it back and then you're trying to hold it. At some point, you're just trying to let go to get the arrow down range. You shoot a 60-pound bow, and I know Cameron Haynes would totally argue with me, but there's one Cameron Haynes that does long distance and, and does 400 million pull-ups and is in the gym every day. I don't know another bow hunter that is a Cameron Haynes. So, you know, he can sit there and say, this is what I do, and this is what everybody should do. Well, th there's a high level of bullshit to that because not everybody's going to get up and is this discipline and going to work it, it like he does the average guy does not need a 90 pound bow well even but, at that point age catches up with you repetitions pretty soon those shoulders the body isn't made the, there, you know, there's a lot out, of good there's a lot of good horse components that can still be used to extend the life of somebody's shoulders <laughs> but anyway um uh <laughs> horse components. um you know, here's the thing. I, I, we're not looking for haters on this. I, I love what Cameron Haynes says, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter if it's archery or rifle. you got to shoot what you're comfortable with. I think you're going to be better with it, you know. Um, it's like these outfitters that say, you need a 400, uh, you know, nitro mag or some stupid thing. You know, okay, perfect. Um, do you take bow hunters? Yep. Okay, then my six will be fine. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and you, you learn, you learn so much more when you can follow your shots. I think your learning curve drops drastically, you know, um, growing up, we'd be shooting a 300 win mag or seven, seven mag, and you couldn't always see your, your shot. You couldn't follow it up. And, uh, you shoot like a six Creedmoor, for example, and you can watch where your bullet hits. So if you're off target, you can self-correct. And, uh, that, I mean, it gives you a ton of confidence because then when you're in the field, uh, you, you're confident that, okay, I think I need four minutes of wind and you take the shot. Maybe you were a minute off. You can correct quickly and, and get another one in them if you need to. So I, I just think there's a, uh, you know, well, uh, muscle memory, it, confidence and competence is in every game. It's in every sport. It's in everything you do. And when you blow that because you're shooting too big a gun and you never can see the effect of that squeeze, the quality squeeze, you're exactly right, Brandon. Yep. I think we're pretty yep. passionate about this.
Well, some some states you can't shoot. Like Wyoming is nice because you can shoot twenty two calibers. Um, some states you can't. So, but then you just go to a six. six. Sixes are sweet. Yeah, and I have nothing against six five. I was telling Brad on the way over here. Uh, you know, my my three rifles now. I went doop doop doop. Step down. Yeah. Twenty two Creedmoor, six Creedmoor, six five PRC. Boom. That's it. I'm good. Take me wherever I need to go. Let's go kill it. I might change the bullet for said animal, but what I'm not going to do is change my rifle. Yeah. Now, yep. if I'm going to go brown bear hunting, sure. Um, I'll probably jump up grab one of the 300s. <laughs> or 300 PRC. So the new 7 PRC, right? Whatever it takes. So, all right. Yeah. I, I uh, Just thinking out loud. Um, so if you need help finding a spot like this if you have a bunch of points you should you should give us a call because this is a really good area oh um a lot of good quality animals and and listen yeah, elk, the, elk deer everything i mean there's there's a yeah we rich environment yeah we and here's the reality for a trophy antelope for four thousand bucks three nights three days hunting um meals lodging everything I mean, you don't find that. Y- yes, we have we have the three thousand dollar ones too, um, and we have a twenty eight hundred to thirty five hundred dollar antelope. But if you're looking for a trophy antelope, um, you know this is uh, it, it's it's not crazy money in my opinion. When New Mexico and Nevada are getting seven thousand to eight thousand bucks to go do this, well, a lot of people haven't hunted antelope, and it's a hoot. You really should consider it. I. I I mean, I think it's yeah. Just some people aren't interested in antelope. I got nothing to do. And the the outfitter and the guides are awesome guys. They're they're fun to hunt with. And uh, it's it's a it's an accessible tag because you can. It's stressless too. Yeah, it's it's a you make uh, it as stressful as you want. It's a weekend hunt. You go out with three buddies. Um, Take your son, yeah. introduce him to hunting. You know, the best thing about it was Bridger. I mean, he was, uh, yeah. you know, he's all in. I'm yeah, gonna be he there loves when, it, doesn't he? I'm going to be there when he kills oh, his because by the time he's ready, I'll have seven points. We'll all go back, and uh, we'll let him uh, get the first one. You know, I think maybe let Brandon expand a little bit. He was making a point about the guides being, you know, quality, quality people, and that's a huge component in this. It is. And, you know, I mean, uh, when, you, when you go on a hunt, that's that's something that we always look for is we, we try to match personalities the best we can. Also, it's not always possible. You know, sometimes you can't have it all. But, uh, man, in this particular place, I mean, these these guys would get along with anybody. Good dudes. And, uh, yeah, good dudes. Very entertaining. They take care of you. They're constantly asking how you doing. Are you happy? Are you happy with what we're doing here? You know, and and uh, they're open to suggestions, too. You know, so if you want to, you know, uh, help out with some suggestions and hey i want to go check over here uh, hey, why don't we put a little sneak on these guys get a little closer things like that they're open to it they're 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 very, you know they're I, very, very you know what i appreciate most about them they're very cognizant of or aware that okay like you said do you guys eat breakfast no okay um can we stop at a gas station and get you something? We're going to be going right by one. Sure. Coffee, cream. Okay, great. What would you like for lunch? Grab this, grab that. No, no, no. What do you want? Okay, no. We got sandwiches for lunch. Okay, you didn't like the sandwich. Did you like your sandwich? We could do something different tomorrow. I mean, seriously, super accommodating. Yeah. Were they not? Yeah. No, they, they, they were really good. And just the location of it's so nice because town isn't that far away. So you can run in real quick if you need to. And, uh, it's yeah it's it's just just a just a fun hunt and and yeah it was it was perfect to bring my boy you know it was really good for that 
I would say three things in closing on this. Number one, it's very family-friendly and accommodating like you just said. You want to go with your wife, your two boys, book a hunt, your daughter. your what? It, it, actually, we put a – they have another camp over that's less money, not trophy, but it's um, out of Buffalo. It's beautiful, not, unbelievable yeah. cabin. You're going to shoot Good. quality animals. You're going to shoot quality animals. We had, a, we had a Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan and, his, and Rory. Uh, Rory they both went shot there. studs. Yep, with our sixes at 550 yards. Um and uh, um, so they uh, literally, one, it's great for family. Two, from a business perspective, if you're a business person, you need to still have internet, stay connected. It's a 400-yard uh, drive up to the top of the hill. There's a big turnaround they have there that you can sit, get on the internet. I had to go up there a couple nights and uh, take care of a couple business things. I was able to go up there, make my calls, connect with uh, um, uh, LTE. It was really easy. And then the third thing I would say is, um, is if you're looking for the western landscape in your hunt, it doesn't get more picturesque. And this experience is about as western elk, mule deer lodge type accommodations you can get for a uh, antelope hunt. Would you agree with that, guys? 100%. Yep. Yep. It was absolutely amazing. So just so everybody knows, um, because you're probably wondering, if I was you listening to this, I'd be wondering, how big were your goats? Okay, so so our bottom goat, our bottom goat was 79 inches <laughs> and the top goat of the four of us was 85. And then we had everything in between that. So when you could go and get four goats over 79 inches, um, you're in a great place with a great outfitter and um, and you're taking home some real trophies. Uh, mine was tall. It had good mass. Your guys were not tall, but they weren't short. They were, right. they were average 13 and three quarters to 14 and quarter inch goats, but super stupid heavy, fatter than fat. Go to our Instagram and check it out. Right. Brandon, you got anything else to say in closing? Uh, I don't think so. I just, once again, I, I, um, I'm, I'm very appreciative of our application services for my own personal success that I've had over the years. What we do, our strategy is, it, it, it works so well. And uh, over the next, over the coming years, I've got a, you know, quite a few points built up in a lot of different States. And I just love it when these opportunities pop up, in fact, even this West river tag is one of those examples, right? It just popped up to, to work out well for me this next week. And um, this elk, uh, you know, there, there's elk hunts that are coming up that I, uh, I'll be able to draw in the next year or two. And, uh, you know, just sleep, I would say sleeper type units. Other guys maybe don't, don't know about, or you're not going to find out about. And because of our connections with the outfitters we have with boots on the ground, we have, we have this information readily available. And Sophie, um, our application specialist in our home office does a really good job. She's, uh, passionate about what she does and a combination with her and Kelly working together, allow us to come up with these opportunities. So, I mean, I, I just. Every time I'm talking to somebody who uh, is applying for a couple of tags, my question is, why don't you apply for more tags to open up? I mean, hunting's a different animal today, right? It, when I was growing up, you go and buy a tag and you go hunting. And for the most part, those days are kind of over, you know, uh, in a lot of states. And so you've got to have, uh, you got you got to apply. And how do you know every state's rules and regulations and when to apply and what to apply for without some help? 
most people are busy, you got your, your day-to-day life. Some people love to do it on their own, they're passionate about it, that's great. But even if you do it on your own, why not have a second or third opinion there? Because how would we have known that this was gonna be better than the Red Desert had we not been with our services, yeah, right? Right. So anyway, that's that's what I would say. And when you say that, it, it makes me sit here and think that's why we connected the booking service and the application service. The departments are two different departments, but they're connected together in all communication and our database has all the outfitters and the units and they're connected. You're exactly right. I love it. Great, great uh, explanation for what we're doing. I appreciate it, Brandon. All right. Well, listen, we appreciate you all listening. Again, thank you for joining us today. We sincerely uh, love bringing this to you. Head on over to rollingbones.com and check out our membership. What Brandon just said, we're ready to make your next adventure the best one yet, and we will work our guts out to help you, and we have it all covered from $50 a year to $500 a year. We have a membership that can fit you and your needs and and help you and your family get moving in that direction. We are application experts, and we want to get better at it every day, and our expertise is always being honed by primarily the three of us, but a handful of other guys that are out there in the field. But we got a tough job, Brandon and Brad, and it's not always easy, but we're up for the challenge for the next few, uh, the rest of this fall, huh, guys? Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining. I'm Brian Maiman. Make sure you be safe, stay healthy, and happy hunting.